Blog Talk Radio. Coming at you live is the standing eight count, and it starts now. Before the first round, I'll make a back down. I'm coming for the ground, and no, we don't back down. I'll beat the track down, screaming loud, the crowd's gonna react. Wow, pound for pound, I'm the best in the game, man, hands down. The way I stand out ain't looking for a handout. I'm undisputed, gassed up, and never ran out. I'm underrated, undefeated, and looking for a handout. It's good to be back, man. It's good to be back. How are hey. you doing tonight? I'm doing well, man. How's it going? Oh, episode 19, Standing 8 Count Radio. We are live at 8 p.m. tonight. We're, we are live while it's daylight out. This is, man, this is a different yeah. perspective. This, this, 8 p.m. Might need, to be, 8 PM might, need, might need to be our new start time, man. Hey, I, I am not one to complain. Uh, uh, me and Elijah have dived into the new worlds of like 50 hours some work weeks. So uh, you people oh, make man. it times <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah next week this this starting 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 this week is my seven day my seven day rotation so i'll be working monday through sunday this week and who knows if i put in i could put in anywhere from 50 to 60 hours maybe let's go we are working man <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, we got a lot of fun boxing to talk about, including uh, obviously as he brings up the seven day stretch. Next Saturday, there is going to be some awesome, awesome fights. I cannot wait. Uh, this show, guys, just so you know, is going to be kind of like a. We're going to kind of talk about the upcoming stuff. We got a lot of news and rumors. No interviews tonight. Nothing to review. We're just bantering. We haven't bantered with you in. in you know, in a couple of weeks, Elijah was was nice enough to come by on Sportscast and talk a little boxing for about forty five minutes, and review the uh, the Badu Jack fight with Adonis Stevenson and the, the rest of those cards from two yeah. weeks ago. But this week, I mean, you know, so we don't know how long we're gonna go hour or two something. We'll be with you nine ten o'clock tonight, something like that. You'll get us for for a while, and who knows what the way we banter, maybe we go farther. But I tell you what, man, I cannot wait at some point tonight to dive into next Saturday. There is fights on multiple networks. Obviously, Jeff Horn, Terrence Crawford for Horn's WBO welterweight will be on the line on ESPN+. Manny Plus. Pacquiao's. <laughs> Manny Pacquiao's. <laughs> and, and unfortunately, no Manny Pacquiao on the undercard, uh. I don't know who he would have fought on that undercard either. Uh, we do have a Walter Reed fight with Joseph Benavides and Frank Rojas. Could that have been the Pacquiao fight? Hmm. We don't know. We don't know because this guy is a dumbass right here. Oh, fuck! Speak to people, so. <laughs> well, we will rant about that. But also, Showtime, Jamel Charlo and Austin Trout for Charlo's WBC Junior Middleweight title. And Leo Santa Cruz versus Abner Mares, the match I've been waiting for for months for Santa Cruz's WBA uh, Super Featherweight title. Those are going to be some bangers. Oh, and um, I guess if anyone cares, uh, Terry Flanagan and Maurice Hooker for the WBO Vacant Junior Welterweight will be on the undercard of the Sefer 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 Sefi 
versus Tyson Fury fight in his return. Oh, God. Sefer Sefer. This guy is the same first and last name with an I at the end of it. I cannot say I've ever heard of him. Uh, Tyson Fury is on his journey of fighting 74 times in the month of 2018. And Elijah's got a decent idea as to why this is all playing out. And I cannot wait for him to, you know, we, we always talk about how we're a little, uh, we're, we're, we are, but we're not conspiracy theorists. We got some good conspiracies for you tonight. Obviously, Tyson Fury has been calling out Anthony Joshua, and everyone's trying to figure out how in the world can they even be linked. Well, we may know why they're linked and how this is happening, and we're going to tell you next. Standing at Cox, don't go away. Most people would consider this. Illegal. 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 What was mere vision suddenly became a reality. When you put a bunch of entities together and you bundle into one giant conglomerate, baby, you get strong style media. My name is Ryan Cook. I'm the chairman of our company, and I'm here to tell you that each and every week, Sunday through Thursday night, we give you the best in radio. For boxing needs, standing eight count radio. For pro wrestling, we got WrestleCast. We got your sports knowledge covered with SportsCast. You like movies? The pop culture is where it's at. And for all your local hip-hop, so the sound radio. Make sure to subscribe, like, comment, rate, share, follow everything you got. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Radio TuneIn, and more. We are Strong Style. Just respect my conglomerate. You won't see these folks at the post office. They have businesses to run. They have passions to pursue. How do they avoid trips to the post office? Stamps.com. Mail letters. Ship packages. All the services of the post office right on your computer. Get a four-week trial, including postage and a digital scale. Go to Stamps.com today. Hey, Alex Mello here, host of The Pop Culturist on the Strong Sound Media Network, inviting you to join myself alongside Half Pint's Kyle Adams as we discuss all the latest news and reviews in movies, music, and television. Check us out every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time here on blogtalkradio.com. Also, you can check out the Pop Culturist archives on Blog Talk Radio, Search Bar, Strong Style Media, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play to hear all the eclectic offerings here at Strong Style Media. We are conglomerates. What are we looking at here? Lists all over the safety thing. Third-party background checks for drivers. 24-7 trust and safety team. Critical response line. All right, List, you can play at this game. What if we had a safe word? What about boba? No. What if you actually wanted boba? It's got to be more exotic. What's your wife's name? Oh, Barbara? Safe word's Barbara. <laughs> I like that. Okay. <laughs> Why 
you think Redman, when he says there is life, he's talking about Vasil Lomachenko? Elijah? No, I think Elijah left. Elijah has left the building. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I'm excited to, to break down this talk. Um, uh, two for one special here. Uh, shout out to Jordan Jisker of Sportscasters Radio. Uh, just talking about this game, uh, wondering what uh, what Cavs fans are gonna use them as an excuse tonight. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, Tyson Fury continuously is bantering. Um, uh, Elijah got booted. I'm sorry. I'm I'm really I'm ran. Let me let me get focused. Let me stop talking to Elijah here. Um, I'll, I'll banter, sir. Um, okay. All right. Let me, let me, let me, let me focus here with this real quick and this will get me back on page. We're sitting at Excalibur. We're getting COVID level war coverage. What's your thought, Bishop? Well, my thought is that this is kingdom business and we're taking care of it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Tyson Fury has been taking a lot of shots, calling out Anthony Joshua and, you know, this and that. And I'm going to fight five times this year, maybe more. Let's see what happens. And we all know Eddie Hearn's got his big Sky Sports deal overseas in England. And, it, you know, he's making so much, so much money. Well, this came out here uh, June 1st, which was Friday. Uh, Eddie Hearn says that he's improved the offer for the Anthony Joshua versus Deontay Wilder fight, but he says his offer must be accepted or they will move on and face Alexander Povetkin next. Hearn isn't saying what so-called improvements that he's made to the $50 million offer that Wilder's team made to Joshua. It's interesting that Wilder has no choice but to fight Joshua in the U.K., I'm just knocking Elijah out here just so we can hopefully get him back in. Uh, No choice to fight Joshua in the UK, and yet Hearn is willing to let AJ fight Jarrell Big Baby Miller in New York. Interesting. What does that tell you? There's a lot of fear involved with Hearn and Joshua, obviously. Um, You know, he's he's not not excited about his fighter fighting not in his home turf against a guy like Wilder. Um, I don't think Joshua's team wants... The fight with Wilder. Look, I might be in the minority here. I know Anthony Joshua is a game fighter. Um, we saw, you know, holes in the armor to both Joshua and Wilder in the the Joseph Parker and Luis King Kong Ortiz fight. So we know they're both human. Whether uh, Joseph Parker and Luis Ortiz are just much better than we thought they were. Uh, regardless, there was flaws, there was openings. And I, I don't know if I want to say, oh, here we go. Coming back out of retirement for the 19th time is Terry Funk. <laughs> hey, got some tables? Your, your mother's a whore. <laughs> Terry Funk once said that in the promo. <laughs> um. <laughs> Basically, right now, I'm just kind of ranting about where kind of the cliffhanger we left. Um, just to really quick speed through and set you set you up with what I just read for everybody after I was sitting there bantering. I had to play Bishop to get myself back on track. But um, um, Eddie Hearn says he's improved the offer for the Joshua Wilder fight, but he says he must accept the offer. They will move on and face Alexander Povetkin next. Hearn isn't saying what so-called improvements that he's made to the $50 million offer that Wilder's team made to Joshua. 
It's interesting that Wilder has no choice but to, but to fight Joshua in the UK, and yet Hearn is willing to let AJ fight Jarrell Big Baby Miller in New York. What does that tell you? And this is what I said, Elijah, when, when I was kind of rambling. I'm not saying him, but I think this really means that Joshua's camp is a little nervous about fighting Wilder. And I know Joshua, if you want to go, you know, stat for stat, as much as I'm a freaking mark for Wilder, I I've admitted and I've admitted on the air that I think Joshua is a better better pound for pound fighter. Wilder brings those intangibles that makes him equally as dangerous. But you know, in in a, a straight up fight without anything crazy, Joshua is a more skilled boxer. It is what it is. I I admit that. But something to me just doesn't smell right that he's willing to let his guy go fight in the U.S against lesser talent, but he won't do it against the guy who they're trying to set up the fight with. That is the only fight that has to be in the UK. Am I crazy? Not at all. I mean, I just, I don't know, man. I think Eddie Hearn is all about trying to make the most money without the least amount of danger involved. You know what I mean? And I just, I don't, I think that, he probably sees more money in a potential build-up fight in Europe between Tyson Fury. <laughs> oh, Terry Funk has decided he wanted to retire. <laughs> and that's kind of the conspiracy we're going with this, is we're in the, in the thought that Tyson Fury is going to get set up with a fight with Anthony Joshua. They're going to do it in the U.K., they're going to make a ton of money in the UK doing it over there. And it's one of those things where I think they know that, hey, Joshua will dominate Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury got a lucky victory back in October of 2015 or whatever it was, November or December to 2015, whatever it was in the fall of 2015. Um Everybody knows that that was a fluke victory over Klitschko. Klitschko was just oddly confused by the style, and Fury fought the weirdest, weirdest fight I've ever seen a human being fight. It looked like a like an odd video game, and he took the victory over Klitschko. And we haven't seen him. You know, I don't think we've seen him since. And that's you know we're going on three years. It'll be two and a half once he fights on Saturday. Essentially, a little more than two and a half, but. Elijah's right. I think what they're doing is they want to set up in the UK for Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua, where they will they will pack seventy two thousand in Wembley, and they'll sell it out. It's less money. They probably have to give Fury than Josh or than than Wilder. It's less of a risk, and because it's the two European fighters, the two British guys. You can you can charge an arm and a leg on the tickets, and I think that's what's going to happen. I think Elijah's thought is a hundred percent correct, and boy oh boy is that frustrating that we were this close to basically getting what we wanted was the World Boxing Super Series of heavyweights when Wilder beat Ortiz as the two seed against the three as we we considered it. And then Joshua, the one, defeated the four-seed Joseph Parker. We all thought we were getting our 
World Super Boxing Super Series as we thought. But as Elijah mentioned, back on the block here, they can they can do Fury and Joshua in Wembley, seventy two thousand people. Fury Fury doesn't have to get paid as much. They'll make more money on ticket sales, and it's a safer fight. Welcome back, Elijah. I just I well, I could my Wi Fi my Wi Fi is being bitch made right now. <laughs> he said bitch made. That's tight. For real, man. For real, man. I'm, 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 I'm getting up. I'm getting upset. It keeps cutting me off when I'm trying to talk, man. <laughs> so, anyways, I, yeah, it, I just essentially, I, I, I kind of exacerbated your point, but yes, I, I, would, I want you to to go nuts about this. Well, I just, I, I just, I feel. Eddie Hearn is just kind of showing that he's really just, you know, when he made the comments about trying to, he's like trying to move in on like Al Heyman's fighters and stuff. You know what I mean? And he's trying to get more in the U S and stuff. I just, the dude's trying to monopolize boxing. It seems like, and he seems like he's all about trying to make, make, make the bottom line. And I mean, uh, Joshua Fury fight would be huge in Europe. Because even though Fury's not the great the greatest fighter, he talks a good game, and he's a character, and people in Europe love him, and Ugh. they like would totally they would totally pack the stadium. And it's just it's that it just it's it's just crazy to me, and it's just so coincidental that all of a sudden Fury's like back in the spotlight again. He's running his mouth. He's <laughs> fighting now again. <laughs> When he said he retired, you know, and I, I honestly I think that Eddie Hearn went to him and just kind of said, "Hey, let's 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 work this, and we can get you in a big fight with Anthony Joshua." And you know, and let let me say this real quick. This, you know, I'm I'm going to take this in two different spectrums here. As the business side, if I'm Anthony Joshua, I am 100% going along with every single bit of this. Because if I'm looking at this, I'm, I'm young, I'm in the best shape of my life, I'm the best heavyweight in the world, arguably, and I can fight a lesser guy for more money and have a safer title defense and look better doing it because of this guy beating Klitschko. I totally understand that they get that he's smart. As a boxing fan... Boy, Anthony Joshua, right now you need to be in that boat that last year at this time Canelo Alvarez was with Oscar De La Hoya, where, you know, he kept, you know, he basically did the reverse Bob Arum De La Hoya thing. You know, Canelo did this thing. He was bolder and, and, no, I want want to fight Triple G. No, that was a Ricky Rubio. I'm sorry. Um, But but you know where I'm going with this. Change your face. (laughs) You, yeah, you know where I'm going with this. Like, yeah, it's 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 Joshua, man. As somebody who who digs your stuff, and I'm you know I'm a fan of you, bro. This is a bad look, and I don't think he realizes it's going to reflect on him. Well, I mean, but it's it, it's probably more of a bad look for Amer to us American boxing fans, versus more so than to the European boxing fans. The European boxing fans probably could care less. You know, if he fights Wilder or not, 
honestly, because he's like the godson over in Europe. He's like one of the most popular athletes over there. So yeah, they're going to be happy when he's fighting regardless, and I don't think they really care too much about Wilder over there. Is that frustrating as a boxing fan like we are, though? I mean, yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, you know how mad I get about this. I mean, you know, we, yeah. we'll sit there playing games on Xbox, and, you know, it'll be three days later, and I'm still bitching about what we talked about on Sunday. It'll be Thursday, yeah. and, hey, Elijah, this is crap. You know, and it's like, okay, Ryan, I get it. You know, I'm not saying you say <laughs> that. But, you know, it's like, I'm passionate about this. I get irritated about this. And it's just like. Oh, I do too. I'm. I'm. I'm trying to think of the best way to say this. In in my opinion, as someone, you know, if, if I'm in your shoes or a casual, you know, somebody getting into its shoes, this is making me more of a Wilder fan than a Joshua fan because of this. Well, you know, if, if I'm somebody who didn't think Wilder was that good and or, you know, he was just a punch or anything and I wasn't a big fan and I was a diehard Joshua fan, my allegiance is starting to sway here. If I wasn't already a other guy, because now I go, okay, let me be sympathetic for a minute because Deontay Wilder had to fight. um, Oh, who the hell was that idiot guy that he had to fight a second time that he walked up to him with his arms around his side and didn't even try. Like he had to fight him. He had to fight, you know, all these guys because everyone else keeps backing out of fights and he keeps getting put in these bad situations. And then he gets crapped on because they say he doesn't fight quality guys. This is more and more proving that Deontay Wilder is a badass dude, and it's not about saying he needs to fight better people and, oh, you know, it sucks people back out, but he needs to fight these guys too. This is people backing out of fights because they're scared of them. And this dude is a much better dude than he's getting credit for. Yeah, and there's just there's not a lot of quality opponents at the at the heavyweight level either. You know, like this probably wouldn't be such a problem for him if he was fighting at a different weight class. But being that he's at heavyweight, there's just there's not a ton there's not a ton of great fighters at heavyweight. And, and he did so much. I think. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say you essentially have him, Wilder, uh, goes done. You know, Joshua, Big Baby Miller might prove to be decent, might prove to be, he looks pretty good, but he's still kind of unproven. Dillian White, another guy who could be decent, but unproven. But besides those guys, I mean, Tony Ballou is thinking, I believe he's thinking about moving up, the, or no, he fights at heavyweight too. Ballou is pretty decent too. He speak, David done, yeah, he's got done beating up on David Hay for a second time. But I mean, beat outside David. of those, huh? Oh, that tiny Tempest. I was like, I'm gonna beat you with that David Hay way. Yeah, he. Uh, outside of those guys I named, there's not there's not many. I, those are all like there's like a handful of guys. You know, somebody who I think that you didn't mention that is that is a decent fighter, and I, it you know, it's just like of course that's who Hearn mentions because it doesn't, I think, make his fighter look bad, is, you know, he talks about, well, if we're not fighting him, then we're going to give Alexander Povetkin a shot. And I think Povetkin's a good fighter. Yeah, uh, he's, he's pretty good. 
I don't. Besides from I the would, steroid stuff, but yeah, yeah, obviously. But you know, I mean, but even even so, I don't think is Povetkin even on that second tier with Parker and Ortiz. No, no way. I no, like I I think Povetkin's under. He's more in that Dillian White, Big Baby Miller tier is kind of where I and would I, see and him. I, and I, I, still, I still think Dillian White and Big Baby probably have, are, have passed him up too, honestly. He's down in a fourth tier, so I'm already giving Eddie Hearn more credit than I should have. And here's the thing that I wanted to say about the Wilder thing too, is, you know, he, he's, he's, he's getting all these guys that dodge him, but then he fights a game Victor or, or Luis Ortiz, and – it's one of the best fights of the year. And yeah. we got to see him get through adversity where, you know, he was 30 seconds away from potentially being stopped against a, a killer in Luis Ortiz. And now Wilder, I think, boosted his cred to the point that he deserves more money than he's getting offered. You know, and, and obviously we complained about the fact that they gave, they offer, or they gave Joseph Parker more than they offered Wilder. But the way that Ortiz fight went, I think made him a more marketable star because we yeah. got to, you know, it's almost like, um, it's almost like that thing that WWE forgot to do building a baby face, you know, since the E doesn't know how to build baby faces anymore. We got yeah. Wilder Harrell. And then when he overcame, that's something you get behind. And yeah. I, the, you know, the, the iron is hot with Deontay Wilder. And he just continues to be shunned in a terrible situation. And you mentioned weight class. Deontay Wilder's talking about going to cruiserweight. Um, I'll pull this article up. This is wild. Heavyweight world champion Deontay Wilder says he's thinking of making a move down in weight to the cruiserweight division to unify all the titles after he's captured all the belts. The unbeaten WBC champion Wilder only needs to defeat Anthony Joshua to have all four of the titles in his possession. Um, that fight could take place as early as in December, as long as Joshua and his promoter Eddie Hearn of Matchroom Boxing are willing to make the fight. Wilder said to Fight Hype, I've been thinking, once I unify the heavyweight division, I'm moving to the cruiserweight division and taking over that division. Um, it would almost be unfair for the huge budget Wilder to compete against cruiserweights that division of shorter fighters who basically weigh the same as Wilder, but they lack the height, reach, and one-punch power. Um, 6'3 is considered tall for a cruiserweight division, which is guy, why guys like Alexander Usyk do well in that weight class. Um, you know, obviously we can get through everything else, but is this one of those moves where this, as we kind of talked, is helping the Eddie Hearn case where he's like, you know what? Let's just keep throwing the the Fury stuff around, and let's just let Wilder walk away and not have to worry about it. Yeah, I mean, definitely. And another thing too, just think about some of the crazy stuff Wilder has been saying lately, like about him, like saying he's gonna fight so many times in in the month or in the year or whatever. And he just oh, recently I- said, yeah, he just recently said, "I am Ali and Mayweather rolled into one." He just recently <laughs> said that. And then he also he also is quoted as saying that he's going to smash everyone on his path to Joshua. Wait a so, minute, I mean, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Start that whole thing over for me, please. Where do you want me to start? For what, he, what he said. I'm Ali and Mayweather. I'm yes, Ali right and Mayweather about, rolled into one. 
when I when I could not breathe and I was coughing and I didn't know what you were saying because I'm lightheaded. Let's start that part again. This is great. All right. So Fury said he, that he is Ali Mayweather rolled into one. <laughs> oh my God! I don't. That, I don't this know. Is, this is like this is this is fight building talk. Is that even worse than fight like this? I feel like this needs to be playing right now. All right, say it all again. Well, we have to go on. I am Ali and Mayweather rolled into one. But um, so I mean, is this, this just seems coincidental to me that that Fury's been saying this stuff, and then all of a sudden, Wilder's thinking about moving down the cruiserweight because the fight talks are not going as planned. It just kind of kind of screams to me that they're pushing Wilder to the side or hoping that Wilder just drops out so Fury can step in. Man. That sucks, man. Like, that just sucks. I don't... I don't know how to, like, comfortably convey how angry I am without, 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 you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, we were so close to this and now we're just like, all right, well, you know, you look at, you look at back at the end of 2016, all of 2017 and part of 2018, you know, we, we were just praising how, boxing is on the up and up and it's getting super fights. And now, you know, in the span of a week, we find out we get no, we're probably not having no Wilder Joshua, no Canelo Golovkin. And I'm, and I mean, because of injury to be fair, but still no Lomachenko Garcia. No, but Hey, at least, at least they re-released fight night champion for Xbox one. I'm in the I'm, I'm ranked I think 32 in my fight career with Gennady Golovkin, who has a face scan. Nice. <laughs> I man, I hope they make a new game. God. But I mean, I don't. I, it, it sucks, but I'm just I'm I'm not kind of really I'm not really paying attention to that. I guess I'm just more worried about the good fights that are going to be happening. Yeah. You know. And, and, that's the beauty of, of having you on here is you're the guy who talks me off the ledge when I'm just, when I'm just so <laughs> mad. You know, it, uh, it, it, thankfully you, you bring me back and get to that. I, um, I mean, it, it is frustrating. I mean, I mean, I will, I will admit that I, that it, it, it is bothersome, but I don't know. There's still a lot of other like really good fighters and fights happening and stuff going on. So Oh. Try and focus on the positive. Jamal Charlo has been in the news like crazy. Uh, Jamal Charlo said that he could beat Gennady Golovkin. Uh, Jamal Charlo said Billy Joe Saunders is a complete trash of a fighter. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else here? There's there's some other stuff. Uh, there's one oh, other man, thing he, that I saw. He makes he, he said, makes fun of him and his brother make fun of uh, Gervonta Davis so bad. Like there's video of him calling Gervonta Davis fat tank. 
and like making making fun of him, making fun of him because he like stutters and sounds illiterate in like interviews and stuff. And man, they be they be wilding like, out, man. It's so funny, but it's so terrible. Like, cause what are you gonna do? Not many people are gonna come beat your ass for talking about him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like God, there's it's like. Oh, then him and Danny Jacobs almost got into it at a at yeah. a press event because cause one of his one of his, someone in his entourage called Jacobs a pussy or something. <laughs> well, right now the other one that came out, Jamal Charlo. Uh, Oscar La Hoya said last week that Jamal Charlo is one of the names on his list of backup options for a fight against Saul Canelo Alvarez on September 15th if they're unable to put together a rematch against middleweight champion Gennady Golovkin. However, Charlo says he hasn't been contacted by De La Hoya to take the fight with Canelo, and he sees it as just hype from De La Hoya. Charlo says he'd like to be contacted to fight Canelo, but thus far, he's heard nothing. Charlo isn't the only one who says he hasn't been contacted by Golden Boy, though, after being named as a fighter under consideration to fight Canelo. WBO middleweight champion Billy Joe Saunders says he hasn't been contacted either. Um, Charlo said to fight up, don't listen to the hype. He's going to say that Oscar has not contacted me or my team while fighting Canelo. Don't listen to that hype. You know, obviously yeah. with the Canelo-Golovkin thing not happening, and potentially not happening, especially with them wanting to give Golovkin only 35 to a 65, now these replacement fighters he talked about are talking smack that they haven't been named. What's your take on just the whole situation in general with with Canelo, Golovkin, Charlo, kind of as you were about to start saying before I cut you off there. I don't know, man. I just, I think it's probably true. I mean, De La Hoya has shown in the past that he doesn't like to match Canelo up with, like, guys who are, like, bigger, more athletic, uh, more boxer types to me. Like, he does, he's kind of seen, he's kind of been reluctant to match Canelo up with those type of guys in the past. I mean, Canelo did fight Trout, and um, but Trout wasn't really a huge puncher, and uh, what's his face, Lara. But mm-hmm. those were both fights that Canelo struggled. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say he struggled against Trout, but it was if they weren't in Texas, I felt the fight would have been judged much differently. And if he didn't knock Trout down, the fight. You know, it could have been probably a draw. I thought it was a lot closer than what the judges had it in Texas. And hey, one Lara of the judges had had, had uh, Lara winning when you know when that fight happened. Oh too. no, yeah, and, yeah. And then the Lara fight, I thought Lara won the fight. And then obviously the Mayweather fight. Mayweather wasn't bigger than him, but he's a like a much like supreme boxer. So, I mean, I just Charlo, Charlo, um, Andrade. Saunders are like types of guys that I don't I don't think De La Hoya really likes to match Canelo up with. So I could see that they really haven't contacted Charlo. But Charlo to me would be Charlo or Jacobs might be the next like likely or should be like you know in the talks to fight Canelo if a Triple G fight doesn't happen again. So yeah, and you got to do something to. I mean, obviously he's going to sell seats uh, Mexican Independence Weekend. I mean, that's a given. Yeah. Like they do need to do something to, you know, make that make that good from what they they lost on Cinco de Mayo. You know what I mean? 
they yeah. have to make 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 right of that. You got to do something good here. Yeah. Uh, Mikey Garcia, Robert Easter Jr. is all set for uh, July 28th. Uh, the announcement is due anytime. They're both going to be putting their their titles on the line: the WBC versus the IBF, a unification fight. After what we saw last fight with uh, Lipinier against Garcia, does Easter have a good chance, or is he going to get just blo- excuse me beat down too? I don't think he's going to get beat down. I think no, I think Garcia will win, but I think Easter will present a tough matchup for him due to his like size and length and ability. But I, I, th- I think Garcia will figure it out and beat him in a, you know, a very competitive decision. Cause Garcia just seems to, once he adjusts to somebody, he seems to be able to kind of know what they're going to do and he seems to be able to handle it. I've never really seen him be, like, outfought or even outboxed. It's kind of hard to do that to Garcia. He can do both, so. Uh, speaking of speaking of the of, of that other fight, too, this just came out. Gary O'Sullivan says the Canelo Triple G rematch will take place in September, and he is going to be getting the winner in December. Uh. God, why? I don't want to see that. O'Sullivan's a a good brawler, good tough guy, but dude, man, I want to see I want to see Jacobs and Golovkin fight again. I want to see Jacobs. Yeah. I, I want to see Charlo fight Golovkin. Um, I don't I don't want to see O'Sullivan because he's just he's a guy that Canelo and Triple G would probably will just pummel because of just his style of fighting. Come forward and. Take like it's, this is not Antoine Douglas where he's gonna like look decent. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna come forward and try and bomb on those guys, and those guys are just gonna pick him off while he comes in and just beat the hell out of him. It's just <laughs> is this good. just wishful thinking for him? I mean, he's over in Ireland now. He's not in L.A. where any of these discussions are taking place. Apparently, he says he's fighting on the undercard of the fight, and that way he can be showcased, and then he'll get the winner. Is this, I mean, I'll say this. Does Gary O'Sullivan know more than we do that this thing is going to take place, or is he just kind of trying to blow smoke up everyone's asses? He probably knows it's coming. I mean, he, he who he probably knows much better than we do. And, I mean, he'd be he'd be a guy that would would put those guys in a fight that would be entertaining, if but not super competitive. But it still would be entertaining, and Triple G or Canelo would beat the crap out of them in a fun to fight watch, but fairly easy fairly easy fight for them. So, I mean. The- does he last longer than Marta Rosen? Yeah, I would say he lasts longer than Marta Rosen. But he still gets pummeled and probably stopped eventually. The <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, article says if Golovkin fights O'Sullivan, he's going to lose a ton of respect from the U.S. boxing public because they don't rate the Irish fighter. 
as far as Canelo goes, I don't think he cares if he looks bad or not. I think it's about career survival for him as if he fights any good metal, middleweight like Danny Jacobs, Sergey, uh, Derevianchenko, he's going to lose to them. So he's not going to take that risk. Even Saunders would be too substantial of a risk for the likes of Canelo. So that's why he'll likely face O'Sullivan in September if the Triple G fight doesn't get made or in December if he loses to him or even beats him. Either way, O'Sullivan is the plan B option for Canelo. Is Man, that the who, bigger who picture? That? Who wrote that? Um, let me find out. I uh, could agree with Scott, that guy. Scott Guilford uh, of Boxing News 24. I couldn't agree with that guy anymore. Props to him. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I like I said, like I said, just certain guys that just I think pose like major matchup problems to Canelo at middleweight, and Spike O'Sullivan is not one of them because he's no. a, a, he's another he's a typical guy that you see Canelo get in there with a plotting guy who moves forward, who's a tough guy who has punching power but not a ton of skill, you know. And who? his skill is not enough to even be dangerous to Canelo. You know what I mean? So it would be a guy that would just walk forward and Canelo would look look pretty like he does when he fights those guys. Do I, do I have a right? Do you, I was trying to think of a clever way to make this joke and it didn't work. But I feel like, I feel like my anger towards some of these promoters about costing us fights is like the same as Cleveland Cavs fans feel about J.R. Smith costing them LeBron next year. Like it's just it's like it's so ridiculous. Oh, Some man, of this that's a good stuff, analogy. You, you know what I mean? Like it's just it's so frustrating what these guys are taking away, and you know because right, let's be honest, that J.R. If I think you could pinpoint when LeBron said, "Well, can't wait for sunshine next year." When Jared Man, Smith I cannot believe J.R. Smith way. did that. I there can't was, believe he must have he must have been drinking henny in his Gatorade cup during the game. <laughs> so I was talking to this dude I work with that's from Cleveland. He said Snoop Dogg has messed his life up. <laughs> did you wow. also hear Dan Levitt not to get on a sports brand, but did you hear Dan Levitard's crazy theory of why it happened? No, why? He thought J.R. Smith might have been so, like, focused but not focused to know exactly what's going on that he thought he got a defensive rebound and was running up the court and trying to take a game winner. That uh, J.R. Smith's crazy like that, but he's done it. He, there's been there's been multiple times in his career where he doesn't know what's going on during the game. Like there's a time there he did that before. With the Knicks, I believe, and then there was a time where he didn't even—he thought he was coming out of the game, and he like started walking towards the bench, and his guy was like, "Why?" His guy was like, he wasn't covering his guy, and he was walking towards the bench, and it was on the inbounds play, and the guy like had an open basket for a dunk, and that was with the Knicks. Like, there have been times where his on-court awareness and knowing what's going on has not been good. So, I mean, it doesn't. It, Dan Levitard could be right. But I have I have a feeling that he just didn't know that they were that they were down. Like I've just, and you know what? Like, it's like uh, uh, whatever. Let you know we're talking. Let's just talk it. Yeah. You know, as much as as much as I want to say, LeBron fans more than Cavs fans are complaining about the game. 
for for every reason that they want to complain about it because everybody complains about every sports game. You know, yeah. the Warriors had more fouls called on them than Cleveland. They had two technical fouls, the Cleveland zero. So, you know, the game was called extremely fair, whether people liked the calls or not. They were calling everything was bad. Yeah, that that was a game that they if 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 they could have stole game one, that literally could have changed the tempo. Now Cleveland's on a six zero run right now, as we see, but I mean they've been they've been pretty they're handled. Still down, they're still they're still down by eight. Yeah, I mean, so it's not, you know, they're still clawing back, and who knows? I mean, LeBron's a freak. Maybe it happens, but that was that game that could have changed the series. That was like oh, a yeah. green getting, Draymond Green getting suspended type game changer thing. I mean, you know, you know like I've said, I, I think if Draymond didn't get suspended, I don't, you know, I think Golden State's going for their fourth straight title. But that changed the entire landscape of that series. Losing or winning game one would have changed this whole series. Especially, JR, when you, especially when you, especially when your star player drops fifty-one. Yeah, he was insane. Oh, there's another. Yeah, so it's like, but you know, as a Lakers fan, I feel like I want to like thank J.R. Smith for what he did in Game One. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, oh my God, I I I couldn't believe it when I watched it. Like, I could not believe what I was watching. I'm like, what is he doing? Where is he going? Okay, and I, I feel bad for Le- LeBron because it looked like he tried to call timeout, but I think in in the, the pandemonium and chaos going on, I don't think the refs noticed it. Uh, you know, and, and that's it is what it is, you know, when there's four seconds in the NBA Finals, but, oh, my gosh, what was J.R. Smith doing? <laughs> yeah. Kevin Love is, is Kevin Love, Kevin Love's on fire right now, though. He's, he's hitting some threes tonight. <laughs> He's but, uh, Dan Gilbert and Kevin Love is so he can trade him next year, trying to get yeah. something for him. Um, but yeah, we're we're gonna do. A, I want I want to do a fun little segment tomorrow uh, or Tuesday, ten o'clock Sportscast Radio. We're gonna do a uh, was it worse than? And I'm gonna give some blunders in sports that I want to see what people think about. It. Was it worse than with the J.R. Smith blunder? Because that was just <laughs> man. Oh, it's it's funny. Um, not a ton of other news and notes. Um, why don't we take another break, uh, pay a couple bills, uh, give the guys over at FML a little shout-out, and then come back and we'll talk the upcoming fights and probably close out the uh, the show for everybody. Um, so if you haven't already, Alex Mello is going to tell you exactly what you need to do. FML Solutions. Guys, be ready, FML Solutions. They have been loving the work we're doing with them. They're going to have a, a promo word for you guys to get a discount coming up. So you guys have been doing so well. Keep it up. We're going to let Alex tell you about when we come back. We're previewing Your Saturday. Your season's coming up soon. It is. Get it is. Fan. you got to put the bucks in. You got to have that buck fever, as the song says. We come back. We're talking Saturday's fights. Don't go away. Standing eight count. Looking to get a head start on deer hunting season? Let FML Solutions point you in the right direction. Hi, Alex from Strong Style Media here, letting our listeners know deer season just got a heck of a lot easier. FML Solutions offer a fantastic deer stand that only takes 30 minutes to assemble and disassembles with no tools required. The best part, though, is its ingenious design allows it to double as a cart to haul your trophy back to the truck. FML Solutions is a made-in-the-USA product manufactured right here in Minnesota. 
Check out FML Solutions on Facebook by searching FML Solutions INC and visit FMLSolutionsInc.com to learn more about this innovative deer stand. Your late night hip hop and R&B podcast, Soda Sound Radio, hosted by Kyle Halffine Adams, every Thursday night right here on the Strong Style Media Network. Catch up on your latest on hip hop and R&B, and hear Minnesota talent at 10 p.m. Central. But if you trust us the way I feel, I won't fold from the cards that you feel. Let's journey life together and make it worthwhile. Can't take it back like diamonds. See, my life is like a movie, no rewinding. Killing mics like I got a license. Listen, my belief don't have religion. Just a higher power. Who power? I'm not so happy with it. But I take a breath. Regain my pocket. Check my feet when I'm walking. See if it I've seen it all more than I care to reveal. I'm always sort of clear the air for the real. That's why I'm aiming at the grill, man, because it's how I feel. Nobody being sincere. We need some changes for real. Again, that's Thursdays right here on the Strong Style Media Network. Thursdays at 10 p.m. Central. And if you're a musician, you want to get your music heard on the show, send the MP3 over to Soda Sound at strongstylemedia.com. Peanut. Peanut. This right here is Alpha Brain. I just drank some of this in a shake. I got to tell you right now, I couldn't be more clear. You're Clarity. 50, so I use it. I don't do anything without it. I'm addicted I, to I it. I know, but I'm 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 48, but I feel like I'm 26. I have a boner right now. But I have so much energy. Like I actually, I, I'm I'm. And I took an Alpha Brain. I never do. I I want to fight you. I want to fight you. I want to go, chin down, and I want to bang, bang. Oh. Hey, I'm Dr. Asking. What's up? He's been distraught ever since his friend smoked him last week in fantasy football. Now he's grabbed this post and he won't respond. He's got Luzonic plays. What is He's a loser. He's not a loser. Okay, he's a loser. What can he do? With DraftKings, he could have easily challenged his friend to a rematch. Okay, I can't. What are you? I can't see that. If you need glasses, I'm also an optometrist. At DraftKings, you can play free private contests whenever you want. Strong Style Media presents... Sportscast Radio, the one that started it all, with your host, Ryan Cook, and me, Jordan Jiskra. We're going to be giving you everything, and I mean everything from baseball, football, basketball, hockey, field hockey, soccer, bobsled, basketball, survivor, even that weird sport where they do the hurdles and jump puddles and track and field. All right, maybe not that one, but from the college to the pros and from the rings to the rink, we've got you covered. Sportscast Radio. Elijah, is this, uh, is this Cleveland playing like they know that next year they're going to be a lottery team if they don't pull this off? Because <laughs> the rest of these guys are trying so hard this game. <laughs> oh, did you see Kevin Love actually went to the basket? Yeah. The layup. That was, it, you know, I love that the officials are letting letting these guys play. It was a great hustle play by Cleveland, too. They got that rebound, the ball popped up, and they followed all the way down court, got the outlet pass. I mean, they're hustling, man. 
But yeah. I, I don't want to rant too much. God, Clay Thompson. So I, I'm at the 2.30 mark. I may be on a little bit of a delay from where yeah, you're I'm at. Actually, I'm, I'm on the commercial. I just saw Clay Thompson hit that three-pointer, that one of the many okay. daggers that that Golden State has been hitting Cleveland with. All right, so I'm about 10 seconds behind because they just showed LeBron hit the free throw after the time or the layup after the timeout, and they're going to commercial. Yeah. So I'm not too back. But – is like I said, obviously the NBA finals are going on, the Stanley Cup finals are going on, so it's one of those things where it's like we have to talk about it, what's going on because it's happening. Um, that technical foul that LeBron got called for, um, obviously, was it, Lou? was it on Lou or was it on? Or it was on? on well, I don't have the sound. I don't have the sound on, so maybe it was. Okay, on it was. It was actually on Lou because I heard uh, Mark Jackson talking about how Lou like never complains about calls. And for him to get a technical foul like that just kind of compounds everything when he, like, never complains about anything. You, you know why Lonzo Ball was in that commercial? Because LeBron wanted to hang out with him. No big deal. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but, uh, hey, Lebr- LeBron, LeBron could end up in Minnesota, man. Oh, God. I would love he it. Thibodeau, he, lo- he loves Thibodeau and Towns. He, and well. suppo- supposedly, supposedly... He was inquiring inquiring about Bronny Jr. going to Benilde St. Margaret's, which is a private wow. school in Minneapolis, St. Louis Park. But I don't know how true that is. I think it could be hey, someone just trolling. I will take it. Like, like, look, I, I said this before. If there's two teams he can go for, we know where I want him to go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, any type of steam to go anywhere, I'm all for. Um, yeah. By the way, Tyron Lou, when he complains, looks like the biggest goober I've ever seen. Like, looks when like he was, JJ Ice Fish or Ice was, JJ Fish, whatever. I like you are the least. No wonder AI stepped over you in the finals. You know what I mean? Um, but what I what I was getting, what I wanted to ask you about and get your opinion on it. This is game number one hundred and two for the Cavs. LeBron plays every waking minute. Obviously, he didn't, you know, there was no call, and I think it was a good no call because Clay Thompson's the one who bumped Steph. Steph fell because of that. LeBron didn't see it, so I understand why LeBron's mad, but, you know, because he doesn't see the teammates collide. LeBron kind of stumbles over Curry. It is what it is. It was a, it was a whatever play. LeBron is somebody who, you know, he's very emotional with it, but with the way that he kind of burst, like his outburst was at the end of that, is that is that a look of like my God, like this guy's physically just drained and he's just it's it's almost like I'm how much more can I give and he's just you know what I mean? Like when you get really tired and you get really angry. And I'm not yeah. this is by no means any sort of negative. This is me oh, no. giving him credit because of how hard he's worked. I mean he's this this is this is Kobe 2012 when he tore his ACL and willed that team to the playoffs. This is somebody who is doing everything in their power to try to make this team win. And, you know, he got so mad. It it just looked like when, when somebody's just so tired and drained and they're crabby and, you know, it's okay. He looks at the screen and, you know, sees the, the, the teammates collide and that's how the whole thing happened. You know, nine times out of 10, I see him just shake his head and walk away. Like, dang, that was a bad, you know, a lost possession. And, and this was just—he's yeah. he, got to be just so tired, and I, I feel oh, for the sure. dude. 
Yeah, I'm you, sure, especially like he had the same, almost the same reaction that he had when J.R. Smith like dribbled the ball away. And he never does that. No. Like I will 100% give that dude credit for the fact, as much as I may have dogged him in the past because of not taking those cold-hearted game-winning shots that I thought he should have taken, you know, having such a low usage rate in the, the finals because he deferred. This guy has done everything that I've asked to see him do this season. And I don't know if it just makes me ironically happy because this could be the year he finally goes. And it's me hinging on when, you know, two years ago when, when uh, he was a free agent, I said, he's, he's going to stay in Cleveland two more years. But two years from now, 2018, talk to me about that summer. So maybe it's just mm-hmm. me getting my whole excitement in a bunch or whatever. But I just, man, I feel bad. This dude is just so drained and so tired. But, I'll, oh, my God, J.R. Smith. But I'll give his team credit. They're, I mean, they're, they're trying as best they can. But this is what happens when you have a mediocre team playing. I'm, I'm comfortable in saying that we're watching a dynasty in this Warriors team. Oh, definitely. I mean, LeBron is just, you know, maybe he's like, hey, Kobe, I'm going to go wear, uh, wear your jersey. What, what your colors? What should I do? Okay, cool. <laughs> I'll, I'll be cutthroat. And then he hits all these game winners in the playoffs. Let's go. Come on, buddy. <laughs> come on. Let's come to daddy. Because then, like I said, the minute, the minute he goes to the Lakers, I am attacking social media, telling every one of those bandwagon LeBron fans who just get on the bus and go with them like that meme showed. Where it showed all, it was like mm-hmm. Heat fans, the Cleveland, they can kiss my ass and stay out of Staples. I don't want to. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> oh, man. But anyway, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to rant about that. But I just, I feel bad for the dude, man. This guy is playing so much. And he's doing so. And, and did you ever think that I would be doing this about LeBron James? No. Not at all. <laughs> like, praising and, and being sympathetic towards him. And I just, you know, long story short, like I said, I, you know, I watched how mad he got over something that was just the, the two teammates doing a three stooges routine. And I'm like, damn, this dude is, this dude is just tired. Like I, I feel bad. Like I wish he would, he just needs to go home and take a nap. Like, yeah. you know, they're, they're talking, this dude, he's, he's still getting to the building before, the coaches even get there. Like, I mean, this dude's dedication is ridiculous. God, J.R. Smith is trash. <laughs> just keep watching him, man. Anyway, long story short, let's get back to boxing. I apologize. I just, hey, I had to give, uh, I had to give LeBron props before Tuesday because Jordan would be as mad at me as I am when he talks about the Clippers um, for <laughs> That's worse than me praising LeBron. Him talking about the Clippers, man. That's blasphemy. That's like yeah, that's it, like it, it, at least LeBron James is like a legitimate, like great player. The Clippers are just kind of decent. <laughs> like they went they went from being they went from being like they went from being like mediocre and terrible to like just being like you know decent. <laughs> Hey, you know, like the, he, the like Lakers like poor stepbrother. It is, dude, Taylor Swift Taylor Swift has more banners than Staples than the Clippers. How about that? Yeah. When the LA Kings got more banners than the Staples than them. I mean, come on. Um, you know, and 
and when when Jordan tried to tried to downplay our take, how he said, you know, James Harden Harden might be one of the best offensive players that's ever played. Look how long it took Chris Paul to get to the conference finals. Oh, it just took him one year with James Harden. <laughs> Do any more? I need to. I love taking these shots where he can't defend himself. This is good. <laughs> good. Hopefully he's not listening because he might call in and kill me. <laughs> but, <laughs> Boxing is on the agenda. My God, these guys just don't miss. Um, ESPN Plus, Jeff Warren, Terrence Crawford. The amount of things that Terrence Crawford has been saying over the years is hilarious. Or over the over the years, over the weeks, is hilariously redundant. He's bitching that his top ranked gym in Vegas isn't up to par. He said Jeff Horner gonna- or Terrence Crawford. Uh, Jeff Horn is saying that I am going to beat Terrence Crawford by putting a mass amount of pressure on him. Um, I mean, what are some of the other things that you were saying that, that Horn has been saying? He said that or his camp said that Jeff, that Terrence Crawford's an idiot and <laughs> needs to just stop talking and, and let, let his, let his fist do the talking or something. And, they also they also they also said something about him fake like I think there's like some controversy from them about the fight being postponed in the first place like they they didn't think he was really injured or something. Let let so. me cue this back. Let me cue this up. Right. Oh, wait, that's the game show. That's not what I, <laughs> I wanted. This one right here. <laughs> I didn't mean the game show. <laughs> <laughs> This is my title. This is my Horn, fight. Horn, Horn also said, Horn's promoter also said that Crawford may get a broken jaw or, or eye socket. Oh, my God. Now, obviously, stranger things have happened. But until said stranger things happen... I'm going to laugh at every single thing they've said because I believe Terrence Bud Crawford is going to punish him. Now, do you, who was it that was running his mouth against Terrence Crawford? Uh, Deary Jean. Like, Hank Lundy also was running his mouth, but I think Deary Jean, like, ran his mouth the most. Hank Lundy was the dude who he kept in the fight after he knocked him down in the second and beat on him until the fifth until the ref stopped it. And he looked at him and said, don't say nothing. No mo. No yeah. mo. That's one of the that's one of the greatest things ever one of the greatest lines ever. No mo. <laughs> I'm gonna say this. No mo. Respect <laughs> my the, name. That's one of like the most if somebody said that to me, I would know how mad they are. Like, okay, yeah. I get it. Um, oh, man, they're going to fight on the sideline. Jeff Green, you better not fight, man. You just had open-heart surgery. You better calm down. Um, <laughs> uh, is Terrence Crawford going to do the same thing to Jeff Horn? Like, is he going to is, – is Jeff – are we never going to hear Jeff Horn's name after this? I don't know if I would say we're never going to hear Jeff Horn's name again because he is a pretty tough dude. But I do think that Crawford is going to put put a boxing clinic and a beatdown on him. 
I mean, Crawford's been in there with much, much better fighters, and he's made them look very bad. I just, I see Horn, I see Horn getting beat up, like being a guy that just take a beating, like like uh, John Molina did. <laughs> I want Molina, son. You know, but obviously. I mean, you know, we talked. We talked, um, we talked w- with Joshua Parker, and Parker. We went, oh my god! Either Parker's better than we thought, or Joshua isn't as good as we thought, or you know whatever it was. But we got a fight we didn't expect. Yeah. Can Horn do that? Can Horn do the same thing that Joseph Parker did when we considered him the four seed when we ranked those four for that mini tournament we wanted? I don't know, man. Because I've. I think Parker is a, a much is a is a much more skilled fighter than Horn is. Horn is kind yeah. of just like one of those Horn is one of those like kind of just rough and tumble, you know, dudes that kind of like is in fights because he can punch a little bit and because he's tough. I mean, we saw that against Pacquiao. He didn't look skilled against Pacquiao. He pretty much just stayed on him and roughed him up and headbutted him and pushed him all over the place and you know you mean so. he, he was um he was the dude that uh you fight as what's his name? Andre uh Bishop. Oh yeah Andre Bishop in the, 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 in the, the first skinhead. fight of Yeah where he's skinhead throwing head Yeah. Yeah, when yeah, I redid I, the fight, I, I threw like 19 dick punches in a row like Shinsuke Nakamura, and the rest of the jailmates were booing me. This dude that looked like G, or Roadblock from G.I. Joe kept going, what are you doing, man? And I'm like, are you kidding me? This is a jail fight, and I'm getting headbutted. And you guys are mad that I'm dick punching this guy? Did I was, you get disqualified? Was, no, no, because it was the jail fight, thankfully. But oh, okay. Am I, I'm like... Five minutes into this game, I've already realized the flaw that I never noticed in 2011 when it came out. Like, why are these guys booing me for punching him in the nuts when this guy's hitting with forearms and headbutts? <laughs> I never understood. <laughs> I circled the ring, and this dude looked like Roadblock and was like, come on, man. And he just, come on, man. And he only had one animation, but he kept getting mad at me for it. I'm like, dude, I'm <laughs> Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm having a good time. I'm having a good time. Um it's, you know, it's just, like, I I don't see how Ter- or Terrence Crawford, yeah, how Terrence Crawford can even, can lose this guy. You know, Manny Pacquiao to me is in that same Badu Jack boat, where Badu Jack has gotten some of the worst decisions, you know, three of the last four fights he won easily and got draws. Manny Pacquiao has been a part of some of the worst scoring decisions in boxing where he's wiped the floor with some of these guys. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I understand where, you know, bad decisions happen. They happen to people and the way style fights happen. I get it. But can Horn even last until the 12th round to get to a decision? I think he could last until the 12th round, but my prediction for the fight is that Crawford's gonna probably stop him like probably like mid mid rounds, like probably like five, six rounds. I think he's just gonna pummel him. I I'm with you. I don't 
I just don't see how I don't see how Horn's going to be able to last. Terrence Crawford is such a good fighter. The only reason that he he may be able to last is if power Crawford doesn't carry it, carry his punching power up with him. But I mean, I don't know. I don't like. I just I don't see it either. We could, uh, you know, we could we could we could check the panel. We can ask Bishop. We're sitting at Excalibur. We're getting Kovalev Award coverage. What's your thought, Bishop? Well, my thought is that this is kingdom business, and we're taking care of it. <laughs> Hello. I was Bishop with the, uh, Hello. the same take. <laughs> Hello. That's, um, that was our, um, what should we call it? Uh, the, the girl who comes over while we're playing, playing uh, roulette. Your waitress. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Obviously, um, as, as Bishop said, when we were at the PBC show, we were playing craps, but uh, <laughs> um, definitely not playing craps. <laughs> <laughs> My Vegas man playing craps at Hooters. No, we were at Excalibur as the. You know what's the funny thing too? I wish I would have had that. Is when he's like, we was playing craps at Hooters. This is my Vegas man. No, the clip distinctively says we're here at Excalibur. (laughs) (laughs) But we were in Vegas, so I totally understand where uh, where he was going. But uh, yeah, I just I don't. I guess let me let me just throw the uh, the the obligatory crazy question two two part question. If it goes to a draw, and Jeff Horn wins the draw, what happens next? Oh man, God! <laughs> I don't know how I don't know how Jeff Horn could win a draw. I'm just being or, petty. I there. mean. That's- I know, I know what you meant. I'm just, I know what you meant. I'm just being petty. I'm just messing around. But you should do it. You should definitely do that. Call but it. But if, if, <laughs> if Jeff Horns win, wins a decision over Terrence Crawford, then I might have to take off. I might have to take some time off from boxing for a while. <laughs> now, obviously, there's a decent chance he could get a, uh, a decision with. It being a not close fight for him, but what if Jeff Horn legitimately beats Crawford? Are we just but like I, I will give up on being able to like break down boxing? I probably will stop doing the show because I'll feel like I have no clue what I'm talking about. If Jeff Horn beats Terrence Crawford next Saturday night, this is the last episode you will hear of Standing Eight Count Radio. We will not get to episode 20 if Terrence Crawford, if Bud loses, <laughs> we do not get to episode 20. This is oh, And the only reason I say it is obviously we've had the contra- controversial decisions and, and that happens. But when it's all said and done, we still got to look at the simple fact that stranger things have happened. We have watched a guy like Tyson Fury beat Vladimir Klitschko. Yeah. Um, now that the, op, like the, I I don't think it happens type thing is out of the way. No, I don't think there's any chance he wins this fight. But I just, to be fair, I had I had to bring it up. Uh, with <laughs> that being, obviously, we don't need to, to, to dwell too much on it. What, what do you think going into the Showtime card that I'm so excited to watch 
we're going to see with Leo Santa Cruz and Abner Mars in the rematch. Uh, I don't know. Like a fun, entertaining fight. But I just believe matchup-wise, Santa Cruz is just too much for Mares. And I think it's going to go a lot like the the first the first fight did where, you know, Mares was game and he was a tough challenger, but Cruz beat him pretty easily. And, like, I'm not super excited for that fight just because I think it's going to be a lopsided fight, but I think it probably will be entertaining because Mars has got heart and stuff, but I just, I think Cruz, I think Cruz wins pretty easily, and it's just, I'm rambling here, but it's just not a good matchup in my eyes. Why, why do you think we it again, then? Because it was a good fight the first time, and... Frampton is at our, Frampton is just had already was I don't think Frampton was available and Mars is like probably the biggest name that was available for Santa Cruz to fight and it was a good matchup it, I mean not a good matchup but it was a good it was a competitive it was a fun fight but I don't know I've 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 never was really too excited for this fight again but hopefully hopefully it's better than I think it's going to be I'm I I don't know maybe it's just because I enjoyed the fight so much. Uh, the first fight so much that I'm, I'm, that's why I'm so excited for the fight. But yeah, I'm, I'm all for this fight, but I'm, I'll say too, I'm a big Leo Santa Cruz guy. I really like Leo Santa Cruz. Like he's a guy that I don't think gets enough credit for how well he, you know, he'll go into a fight with a guy and, you know, by the third round, he's adapted so well. So I think that's just, it's just more of a personal preference, I guess I'll say, as to why yeah. I'm excited to see this fight. But um, obviously, undercard, we get Jamel Charlo, Austin Trout. Does this fight do more for you? No. <laughs> <laughs> Is are you, you think Charlo's just gonna or uh, uh, Charlo's just gonna think... steamroll him? Yeah, I I just I think Trout's just about done, honestly. And I think this I think this I think this fight's only happening because his his brother fought him. I just Okay. So you think they're trying to tell that story? Yeah, I just I don't see I don't see Trout being competitive. He's like lately he's just been getting beat up on like too much and I just I I think he's getting close to the end and I think this might be the fight where he doesn't surprise people and finally shows that it might be time to hang him up. <laughs> yeah, I um, I think the Showtime card is going to be fun. I think they're Charles been some... knocking guys out. I mean, yeah, we were talking. We were like that article. Like was trying to kind of talk about who was better yeah. between the two. Why don't you go and... to that article? I think that's an awesome. That was an awesome segue to do it. I think. I think you should. Do you have that article? I don't have it pulled up, but my thoughts on it are: is like it's. I was. I was given the edge to Jamal, like, before, but I think it's a lot closer now because I used to, I, I felt like, Jamal was a better puncher than Jamal. But Jamel is starting to show that he's a pretty heavy-handed puncher now. I mean, he only has 15 knockouts out of 30, but his knockouts have been going up, and he's been 
getting guys out there just as much as his brother has been now. And I think it's a lot closer. And I think I can't really say who's better between the two. I think they're both pretty damn equal. And they both are like, are turning out to be monsters in that division. And probably the best brother duo we've seen since Bobby Pacquiao, Manny Pacquiao. <laughs> it's not that brother. <laughs> You know, it's just kidding. But hard. like, but this might be the best. This might be the best brother duo we've seen since the Klitschko's. Is is the Charlos? This is just a random thought that I want that I'm just throwing at you. But are the Charlos what the Durrells wish they would have been? It's starting to look that way. I mean, you can't really say now because they're they're still you know kind of. I mean, making the Durrells were huge. You know, five ten years ago. Well, they 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 came out with a lot more hype, I think. That's true. But I, I, but I, th- I think eventually, <laughs> I think I think eventually people, I mean, you could even say right now that they're the better brother duo. Like like I said, they're they're probably the best brother duo since the since the Klitschko's, and that's including the Durrells. But mm-hmm. and I was gonna say maybe pump the brakes, but I don't know the. I know one of the Durrells, which one, said that he's pretty much looking to retire after his, like, next fight or something. And I would say that, I would say that the Durrells have had more disappointing moments in their careers than the Charlos have. Do you have any interest in the, in Cheyenne, Wyoming? They had the first ever state-sanctioned bare-knuckle boxing match. Does that do anything no. for you? No. <laughs> there were no, no, no. fights, including four heavyweight fights in a tournament format. Oh God. That just that does nothing for me. That it's not boxing. That's just it's not even UFC. It's just <laughs> barbarism to me. I, I I totally just said that because I, I was reading an article. I needed to buy myself some time. Hey, nice shoes. Not buying time. Uh, Oscar Valdez, though, finally got his jaw unwired uh, from his... Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Can you imagine that... Th- dude, he fought Scott Quigg March 10th, and it's June yeah, it's 3rd. <laughs> like, this dude had his mouth wired shut for, like, almost three months. Yeah. Is... This is now. This is something too. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna segue this into something that I want to bring out in the next couple of weeks, um, probably end of June, beginning of July. Uh, this is a Ryan Cook, Alex Mello, WrestleCast special where we do our half year awards. I think we should have our half year awards in a couple of weeks. Our okay. fighter of the year. Um, you know, fight of the year, fighter of the year, knockout of the year, you know, things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Does Quig, does the Quig Valdez fight make your fight of the year list for the first half of the oh, year? Oh, for sure, definitely. It's up. It's it's one. Of, it was one of the best fights that, that I've watched this year. <laughs> so, such a good fight. <laughs> oh my god, it was insane. <laughs> Um, Valdez probably won't fight until November, December. He can start training now, but uh, yeah, I just I was like, holy cow! Wait till Uh-oh. you see the shot that Stephen Curry just hit. 
<laughs> I'm at the, the Budweiser beer commercial. Uh, okay. Breaking news. Uh, this Tuesday, Delaware it will be the new state that is allowed uh, to sports bet. Let's get this right. for Minnesota. Elijah, I'm telling you, when we're allowed to sports bet in Minnesota, we need to, like, once a month go stay at a casino for, for like, an, uh, a night and just get loaded. Loaded is how adults say drunk, uh, lit for all you kids. Just get loaded and just sit and gamble on sports for all, uh, just hours. That would be fun. Uh, Curry's dribbling around. Kevin Love in his face. Kicks it out to Draymond. Draymond working on George Hill. Curry loses the ball. Comes back on. on oh, my God, that back dribble. The throw of three. Dear God almighty. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm going to say this. For everybody who says that dude is a system quarterback as the point guard of the Warriors are on drugs. <laughs> it's it's easy to call somebody a system quarterback when they have one of the best rosters starting fives you could put together. So it's an easy cop out answer. But there's a reason this dude won back to back champion or MVPs. There's a this is the reason he almost won an MVP and then won a most improved player in the same year. Like, you don't you don't just do this dude will walk up and pull up from like forty feet just because he can. Like, yeah, I, I I know some people don't don't agree with me on that, but I think calling him a system quarterback is just egregious. You, you, well, my my you, thing is my I, thing is is that my thing is is that I don't think he would do as well like in a more traditional offense, but if he's allowed to you know, do stuff that he's doing where like he has like the green light to pull up from anywhere and whatever. But, you know, I think he's, he's great. I, I would still say Chris Paul is a better like point guard than he is, but Curry, Curry definitely is probably one of, like one of the best offensive players in the NBA and one of the best offensive players to like come around in, in a long time. Yeah, I, I agree sense. that the Warriors make him better, but I think if you, you know, if you put Steph Curry on Utah, I still think he makes All NBA third team. Yeah, probably. I, I would definitely you know, agree that he's still he's still like a in, on a different team. He's probably still like a top five point guard in the league. But I, yeah, like, I think he's I think Golden just, State's system like allows him to be more of a combo guard. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is where he's which is where he's best at is like not necessarily worrying about always like setting people up and being like the Ricky Rubio or like a Chris Paul like type of player, I guess. So, well, that's one of those things too, where I think Kevin Durant, because he, you know, wasn't originally on this team is the only one that you really kind of know what you got. Who yeah. knows if John or Steph ever went to a different team, what would happen? Yeah. You know, so I, that's why I don't think it's fair when people like I think Clay Thompson might be the best shooting guard in the NBA. I really do. Like I just I've never seen somebody with a sweeter stroke from the three or a faster release in my life. Oh god. Like it's just okay. and, <laughs> So do we, do we want to go over our predictions for the for the fights for the Showtime card or yeah, I'm sorry. I'm 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 ranting because I'm just enjoying breaking bread with you here on the radio. 
Yeah, um, it is I'm nice. going. It's been a while. It's been a while since we've been able to talk <laughs> exactly. and get a sports. I just time. I'm so comfortably just rambling about random things as I'm watching the game here with you. But uh, no, you're you're right. We got to get on business. I apologize. Um, I'm going to go Santa Cruz by decision, and I'm going to go Charlo by stoppage. Okay, I'm going to go um, Santa Cruz by TKO round eight, and I'm going to go. Charlo TKO round five. <laughs> Trout's taking an early night night. <laughs> Look at that ball movement. Oh, my God. Steph Curry made that. The N1. You... Three in yeah, the corner. Just... <laughs> dude, this dude is a video game. He's a video game. How could somebody be a system quarterback when... They make shots like that. Like you, like look at that shot. Like I just saw the replay. How do you? You don't just make more shots. Everybody that says he's an average point guard, Jason Smith on Fox Fox Sports Radio, you're crazy, bro. A system quarterback doesn't. A system quarterback is trying. Saying he's an average an average point guard is pretty. It's ludicrous pretty ludicrous i will say though like i said before i just as like a pure point guard there's i think there's better pure point guards out there but he's like so good at he's so good offensively and he's good he's good at setting guys up that he just i don't know he's he's great he's great at being a combo guard in my opinion but but you're but see what you're doing is you're making a great take every these other people are trying to I want to make this hot take to make people remember me by talking, saying he's not that good. Okay, well, he just faked that three and hit up, hit that bounce pass to Clay Thompson. That was beautiful. Yeah. Yes, he he is a product of a great team because they all work together. But you know, for people calling him a system quarterback, a system quarterback is Joe Flacco. Ugh. He's not Flacco. No, you don't like. Alex Smith is a system quarterback. He's yeah. not Alex Smith. And that, that's the only reason I get so dang mad. I'm like, come on, bro. Like, this dude is just he, – he might be the, one of the greatest shooter. He might be the greatest shooter I've ever seen in my life. I've never seen somebody with my own two eyes that makes the shots that he makes and not only makes them, but makes them without even hitting a rim and makes them convincingly. Like I just, oh man, I just don't get it. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I don't know. Anything else you got for uh, boxing related? You know, once again, slow week. We thought we were going to go between an hour and two, about an hour and a half. Um, I don't. Yeah. I don't really have anything else to add, honestly. Um, I, just, I can't wait for the weekend. To watch yeah. watch some more fights, but, but yeah, I don't really have anything else to add. We'll wrap this up for you guys. We appreciate you coming back after a couple wrap of up, Episode twenty is next week. Uh we got some great reviews for you in the fight. Maybe we'll have an interview, who knows? We we tend to just kinda they kinda fall out of the sky for us. Tomorrow six Central standard time. Why are we why is the Benny Hill music playing right now? Is that our sign-off music? 
I don't know. I just thought it was entertaining because that was kind of like the theme of the show. Hearing Tyson Fury and Jeff Horner, some of the biggest clowns I've ever heard in my life. So it was just kind of fitting <laughs> some of the stuff they were saying. Um, pile in the clown car. Alex and myself, best of the Super Juniors finals are tonight. Uh, they started 4.30 this morning. I got one show to watch and I'm 100% caught up. Uh, I'm going to get that watched here soon. Oh, my God. The best of Super Juniors tournament has been tremendous. We're talking that tomorrow. We got Raw SmackDown. We have our Dominion preview show. Kenny Omega, Kazuchika Okada next Saturday night. Well, Saturday morning at 2 a.m. Okada, Omega, two out of three falls, no time limit. I'm going to need to pop an alpha brain for this one or whatever the boner thing is because Dude, they go 80 minutes, bro. Elijah, I wish you didn't work Sunday. We're having a party Saturday night, 2 a.m. for the – or Friday night going into Saturday for the card. We're doing a taco bar, baby. Tetsuya oh. Naito against Chris Jericho. Oh, my God, it's going to be fantastic. Is Randall going to call in? Randall might call in. We're, gonna, we're, we're actually – next Friday night, we're going to do a live Dominion show – 11 p.m. Central Standard Time. We're going to go from 11 to 1 kind of as a lead-in or 11.30 to 1.30 kind of as a lead-in. So maybe Randall, if he's still awake, give us a little buzz talking about his Kenny Omegas and his Kazuchika Okadas. If it's not about impact, I don't know if Randall will call in. You know, he's, <laughs> well, he's, he's a, he's a he, devote impact fan. Taiji Shimori, former X Division champion, is now part of New Japan. So, Chris Sabins is there. Working Sabins the best is of, there? Yeah, he's in the best of the Super Junior. So, there's a couple impacts. couple impacts. Wow. <laughs> LeBron Still is no Bobby Lashley's. No Bobby Lashley's. No Bobby Lashley's. But, uh, yeah, so we got a couple WrestleCasts this week. It should be fun. Tuesday night as well, we got Brian Miller coming on from Finn Fanatic. Sock and Miami Dolphins, NBA Finals, this tremendous NHL Stanley Cup. It's going to be awesome. we got a lot to talk about. Thank you all for coming in with us tonight. Special 90-minute edition Standing A Count. We will catch you all next Sunday with a ton of good content. Have a nice night. Later.